0: Well, happy Father's Day. I'm so glad that you're here. Glad to see all of you. Want to welcome those worshiping with us online today. Hope you have a great day as well. If your father's still living, make sure and contact him today. Let him know how much you appreciate him. If he's gone on to heaven, just remember him. I can remember my dad. I can have conversations with him. I know what he's going to say because we were really close. So I appreciate that. But I'm glad that all of you are here today. And we're doing our series. And it's uh, the fourth message of five. And today we're going to be looking at spirit spiritual disciplines Now I want to start out by talking to you in this way uh, Laura you know my wife Laura my coach we we're on this meal plan right and she put us on this meal plan and and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to lose weight but also we're trying to get my sugar down because I'm diabetic and it's been working yay. So my sugar is coming down. I like that. Sometimes I don't have to take short-acting uh, insulin now, and that's a good thing. And so I'm very appreciative of that. But here's the point: on this meal plan, it's different, you know, because you haven't done it this way before. And so when we first started to do it, you know, because you have to eat seven times a day, and you eat every two and a half hours, but you only eat a hundred calories each time you eat until five o'clock, and you have dinner and. You you, you have uh, lean green and green and vegetables and salad and, and some kind of fish or meat or chicken or something like that. Okay, aren't you fascinated by this? <laughs> I can tell. You're looking at each other saying, we ought to do that. That'd be great. Okay, well, anyway, when you first start doing it, it's just a discipline. It's just, you just do it. You just got to do it, and here's what you do, because the coach is going to be looking. See, you get on those scales, she's got that clipboard. She's got that pen in her hand. She's looking down, looking up at me, looking down. I keep trying to make it go down, and it has a little bit. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. So here's the point. Here's what you want to do. You you go and you just do something because you have to. But then what happens is you get used to it. It's familiar to you now, and so you're able to do it. I've got little alarms on my phone, and they tell me when it's time for me to eat a little snack that I'm supposed to have. And it's very specific. It's not just whatever, you know. you got to have what they say. But anyway, you get used to it, okay? Now, look, here's the same analogy. What about your quiet time? You know, when, when you first start doing a quiet time and it's not familiar to you and you've never done it before, you kind of just do it because it's a discipline and you want to do it and you know you need to do it and you know it'll be a blessing to you, so you just do it. But here's what happens. Somewhere along the way, it's not just a duty and a responsibility, but it becomes something you look forward to. It's a relationship. And I was at this retreat years ago in North Carolina and this preacher got up and he said, you know, I was burnt out in the ministry, and I went to this new church, and they were burnt out too, and we were the perfect match. And he said, I didn't have anything to offer. And he said, I got a friend that lives in Hawaii. His name's Wayne Cordero. This guy's name was Dick Wills. And he said he had gone through something similar. And as a result of that, he had done some work on spiritual formation, and he came up with this little journal, this little prayer journal. And if you read it every day, you can read through the Bible in a year. So I went out to Hawaii, he said, and I spent two weeks with my friend Wayne Cordera, and he showed me how to do that, and we spent time together and prayed together, and he really pumped me up, and I came back to Fort Lauderdale to Christ Church, and I went in, and I had something to offer, and things turned around, and thank God he was a real blessing through that. So here's what I'm thinking. I think Woodlawn ought to send Laura and me to Hawaii. (laughs) I mean, that's just the logical thing, isn't it? And we can spend time with Wayne Cordera, and we can grow and pray together. I'll tell you all about it. I'll give you all the details. So just ponder that while I'm preaching today. Think it over. You don't have to answer right now, but give it some thought, okay? But here's my point. You know, I enjoy my quiet time. I, enjoy, I look forward to it. It's a time when I can be with God. It's a time when I can talk to him and listen to him. It's a blessing. I, I can't skip it anymore. I do it every day. And it's a. Ble- and when you come to the office in the morning, they say, you can't see him. He, he's in there meeting with the Holy Spirit right now. You can't get in. And sure enough, I'm in there. I have my quiet time. Then when I get through that, I open my door and I'm available. People come, People call me on the phone. I had a preacher call me on the phone last week. And he said... He left me a voicemail and he said, I know that you're really in there sleeping. You're not in there praying. Obviously, he, he doesn't know how much help I need to preach. So, yeah, I was praying, and uh, I saw him at that memorial service I went to last week, you know, for a friend of mine who died, and and uh, we were able to be together and have some time together. But, but my point is today on this Father's Day, you know, something may start out as something you know you need to do, you just do it, and then it grows on you, and then it becomes natural, and it's real, and it's a relationship, and it's wonderful. So whether it's exercise or coming home early, from work or spending less money or saving more money or consuming less sugar. I just put that part in there for Laura. She was at the first service. Or calling your mama more. You know, it's a discipline that you want to practice. Discipline facilitates progress. It takes discipline to see progress. You can't just think about losing weight and lose weight. We talked about that the first week. We said, you can believe in God but you've got to follow God to grow, right? And so you can believe, I'm gonna lose weight. (sighs) Nothing really happens then. You gotta make it active, right? And then discipline facilitates prosperity. It does that financially, relationally, physically. And then discipline requires delayed gratification. Do you know what delayed gratification is? Well, let me just tell you. They taught us this when I was a child. Here it is. Delayed gratification is doing what you ought to do now so you can do what you want to do later. I was taught when I was a child, do your work first. Then you can play. Anybody else ever learn that theory there? Put that into practice? That's what it's about. And so we're talking about being faithful, Are you just filled up with faith, fueling your faith in a world that is on empty. Because you're not going to get filled up from the world, right? You've got to get fueled up from God. And Jesus said, follow me. And we talked about the difference in Jesus saying, follow me, and the church saying, believe in me. Because believe in me is so much easier. It's safer, it's less demanding, and believing in God doesn't require any change, does it? But following, it's active. You've got to get up and go do something to be with him. Believing in God creates a feeble, frail, fragile Faith, Okay? It's easily broken and easily lost. But when you believe in order to follow, that's when it really kicks in and makes a difference. And so what would you do in your life if you were confident that God was with you? I talked about this in the first sermon from this series, and I talked about several times in my life when I was able to do something, God called me to do it, I stepped out on faith, I was willing to do it only because I knew God was calling me and he was with me, and I was not alone. And I would never have attempted it on my own, but with God, I was willing to do so. It's outside my comfort zone. So I want you to think about that, and I want you to think about what would you do if you were sure That God was with you and maybe jot that down somewhere where you'll remember it think about that later on today because maybe he's calling you To do that now what fuels or facilitates the development of active Enduring faith and we said there are five things in this series We're talking about that help us grow our faith, right? And so the first one just for a quick review if you haven't been here is practical teaching Practical teaching. You see, what I needed was practical teaching. I, I believed in God. I just didn't know how to express it. I didn't know I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to be in a small group. I didn't know how to go to I didn't know how to do those things. And then somebody came alongside me and they helped me and they taught me. I told you I give Bibles away to people because they're easy to understand and I go over it with them and I explain it to them. And they can learn something real quickly from just looking at these Bibles that I hand out. So it's practical teaching. It's application. You know, if you can put it and apply it to life, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? And then the second thing that we said is that we have a personal ministry. Something happened. Somebody invited you to do something for somebody else, to serve somebody else. You never thought you could do it before, but now you're going to step out of your comfort zone. I, I don't know how to teach those young people. They're smarter than I am. I can't teach those Bible, people the Bible, those adults. They've been reading the Bible longer than I have. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. But then you felt this nudge from the Holy Spirit, and he was talking to you. And you said, who, Lord, me? He said, yeah, I'm not talking to the one behind you. I'm talking to you. And then you stepped out. And then that's where your faith and God's faithfulness came together. And when that happened, then you were able to do it. And when you did it, what happened? Your faith grew. So you began to have a personal ministry, a nudge to serve. And then last week we talked about providential relationships. Those relationships where God just dropped somebody into your life at just the right time. I I, I have several. I just started writing down names of people that God brought to me that were providential relationships. One was in high school. Some of them later on were ministers who hired me and put me to work. One was at my church camp. Later on it was my president of my seminary, just different people who blessed me. They were just encouraging to me. They taught me. They took time with me. They were patient with me. They helped me. I mean, I just looked at them and I saw Jesus and and I was just encouraged and excited to follow along with them. And so I'm so grateful for them. And I told you last week when I go to that memorial service, there was one there that I was going to see and I did. I told him how much I appreciated. told him about my sermon and told him how much I appreciated him for all that he had done. And then today, we're looking at spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines. And so that's when you just sit down clear out some space, determine, you know what, I'm going to have a quiet time and I'm going to do it wherever I am and I'm going to do it first thing in the morning and I'm going to spend time with God and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to listen. I'm going to read other devotional material. I maybe do a little journal like Joe does. I'm going to write down stuff from the scripture that I read and I'm just going to allow God to speak to me. And here's what happens. Ought to becomes want to. Right? Right? You know, I'm just thinking about Cameron and how quickly she was here and then gone earlier today. (laughs) Did you notice that? It's just like in the office. I'll see her come in. She'll go in there for a little while. She'll have somebody with her. I'll come back out. I'll go find her. She's gone. She's gone somewhere else. You know, she's just really quick. You just never know what's going to happen around here, do you? So pay attention. All right? All right, so here's the deal. What we want to have is a spiritual discipline where we grow. We just wake up every morning and say, thank you, Lord. It's a great day to be with you. I want to grow, and I want to have a great relationship with you. An intimate invitation to be with Jesus and to grow. Now we fail to develop a personal relationship with God then we're no longer following Him. In other words there's a personal side to our relationship. It's not just believing but it's living. It's walking. It's engaging. It's having an experience with God on a regular basis. It's personal and it's a privilege to do that. And so daily devotionals and then percentage giving. We're going to talk about that today. And then corporate worship is a blessing. Now the first thing we want to see is our daily devotions. Okay. And so every day we get up and we say, this is an opportunity to go on another adventure with God today and just see what he's going to teach me. And you read the Bible and you've read it before and you get to something and all of a sudden it just jumps off the page and you go, huh, I never noticed that before. What about that? And it's amazing. And the Holy Spirit just illuminates that for you and you see it and he's talking to you and you're listening and it's just a blessing and so you follow along with him there and you learn to grow. Now Jesus taught us to pray and in Matthew it says this, but when you pray go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And so he's saying just give God your undivided attention. You can't multitask I'm looking at you and me, you can't multitask when you're spending time alone with Him. You got to turn your phone off. That's right, I said it. You got to turn it off. I put I put my phone in the office on Do Not Disturb. I turned my phone off. I, I shut the door. One time, Cameron thought I was talking to somebody on the phone because I was in there praying. Because I do. I pray out loud when I pray. And she stuck her head in, and I just gave her one of these. And she disappeared real quickly again, just like that. In fact, I think that's where she learned how to do that, was right there that day. Okay? And then it goes on in Luke, and he says this, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely Places and prayed. You see, he knew, and and a lot of times the disciples didn't understand it, but he knew before I go to them, I got to go to him. I know that I'm going to get pumped up and fueled up and filled up, and that's the only way I'm going to be able to do all that I need to do today for God is if I spend time with him first. And so then it says, yet the news about him spread. Oh, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went out to a solitary place, and he prayed. Okay? He was busy. He was in demand. Everybody was always wanting a piece of Jesus. And then it says in Mark, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. It's kind of like this. Hello. We, we, why haven't you answered yourself? I've texted you several times. We've been trying to get in touch. There's people out here who need you. What are you doing out there? Get out here with us. And they didn't catch on, but Jesus was teaching them to make God a priority. You had time alone with the heavenly Father. It would be a blessing to them. And then the second thing is percentage giving. The reason God wants us to give to Him is so that we'll learn to trust Him. That's really the only reason we do it. He uses it for other people and blessings, but it's so we'll learn to trust Him in that area. So we decide up front. We predecide. you know what, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give a percentage to you because you teach me to do it. And in Matthew, He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Jesus says, your Heavenly Father knows you've got a child in college. Your Heavenly Father knows that you just lost your job. He knows what's going on. He knows about the details of your life. And you say, but what if there's not enough for me, right? And God says, hey, I'm in charge of everything. I've got all you need, and I can take care of you. So it says there, Jesus responds and says, Um, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, right? So what he's saying is, don't act like the world. Don't act like other people who don't know God. Don't just chase those things that you think you've got to have. Trust God. And all these things will be added unto you. So if you really believe in Jesus and you really trust him, you can do that. And and sometimes it's hard to trust God because we're we're thinking about our financial security. And we're saying, well, you know, I, I need to take care of this. And God says, you just do the right thing. You're faithful and obedient. I'll help you with the rest. And he does. And, and then we go to God in crisis. You ever know to, be, to do that? You go to God and cri- I've got a crisis, Lord, where are you? I need your help. And he says, I'm right here and I'm going to help you. But listen, let's do this differently from now on. Don't wait until you have a crisis. Let's get together every day. Let's talk every morning. Let's spend time together. You just get to know me. You talk to me. And and you, we'll just do life together, and then you'll know that I'm right there taking care of you. And here's what Jesus says regarding resources. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So he's teaching us what to do. He's showing us. He's helping us, and he's practicing it too. Now, giving exercises our faith. Because it involves letting go of what we are most inclined to put our confidence in rather than God. And I said that's financial security. But see, financial security is not our God. God's our God. And so we've got to trust Him. And oftentimes we're struggling with those two things, but we can have confidence in Him. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something right now, and I want you to hear me, okay? Please don't hide behind. Well, you know, I always like to give to special needs, special projects. Just wait till the church needs something big, and I'll just come swooping in and take care of everything for you. That's what the pagans do. That's what the Americans do. That's what everybody does. And you know what's going on there? There's a bit of a Messiah complex going on in that. I'm going to come swooping in, and I'm going to be the solution to the problem. Every once in a while, if God puts it on your heart, okay, do that. That's fine, but listen to me. If that's the only way you ever give, that does nothing for your faith, and it only strokes your ego. I'm trying to help you. Don't do it that way. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to develop a spiritual discipline, a percentage giving. And it's a faith to say yes to God and trust Him. If you're going to trust God with your salvation, I promise you, you can trust Him with finances. He can handle it. Okay? And then the third thing is corporate worship. Something happens personally when we gather corporately. That's why we come together. I'm encouraged by your faith. You're encouraged by my faith. We stand together. We pray together. We worship together. We're with God. We're with our family of God. And that's where our faith grows because he tells us in the scripture in Matthew where two or three are gathered in my name there i am with them. Now listen, I want you to hear this. In the New Testament, the word saints is always plural. There ain't no saint in the New Testament, okay? I just want you to remember it. I know it's not correct. I'm just trying to get your attention because there's strength in bunches. This is the body of Christ. Everybody has gifts, but they're different. When we come together, we become the body that God means for us to be, and we need everybody for that to occur properly because if you're not here, the part of the body's not here and it can't function. When I gather with you in Jesus' name, I'm not just learning stuff. I'm experiencing stuff with God. AND PAUL SAID IN 1 CORINTHIANS, NOW YOU ARE THE BODY OF CHRIST, AND EACH ONE OF YOU IS A PART OF IT. SO HE TELLS US THAT WE ALL HAVE A ROLE TO PLAY. WE ALL HAVE TO PARTICIPATE AND BE TOGETHER, AND SOMETHING HAPPENS PERSONALLY WHEN WE GATHER CORPORATELY TO WORSHIP. SO I WANT TO CHALLENGE YOU TO DO THREE DISCIPLINES. ARE YOU READY? Type this into your phone. Write it down on a piece of paper. Put it somewhere where you're going to remember. I want you to have it, all right? Number one, give God the first minutes of your day. Make Him the first priority. I'm going to have my quiet time. If I don't do anything else, I'm going to talk to Him first. That's going to be my priority. Give God the first minutes of your day. The second thing is, Give him the first dollars of your income. The first dollars of your, make him a priority. Lord, I trust you. I really do. I trust you in every aspect. And I'm just going to give you what's first because you put me first. You sent your son to die for me. You love me. I'm going to give you the first few minutes. I'm going to give you the first dollars. And I'm going to give you the first day of the week. You know, we come to worship because the Bible teaches us that if we don't worship God, the very rocks will have to cry out and do so, but they're not going to have to do that today, are they? Because we're here, and we're here on purpose, and we want to be here, and we're worshiping God. Those are the three challenges. That's your homework. And we're going to do the fifth message next week, so when you get back, I'm going to be checking, like Laura, my coach. Hey, what was your homework, and did you do it? Because I'm telling you, it's going on your permanent record. And when I say permanent record, just think about it for a minute, okay? Now, look, I want to wrap this up, and I want to tell you something that happened. When I was in college, I was going to Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, and I, I met a young man who really made an impact on my life. His name was Kim Poulias, a Greek family. There were four kids in the family. Had two boys, two girls, mom and dad. I found out about him through his father. His father went into the barbershop one day and and the girl who was cutting his hair had some magazines in there and they were for men who came to get a haircut at the barbershop. And she was not a Christian and she didn't know that this man was a Christian and she said, would you like one of these? And he said, well, to be honest, yeah, I would, but no, I wouldn't because it, it won't do me any good. And she was kind of shocked by that because nobody ever said that to her before. Long story short, what happened was he ended up over years, he kept getting his hair cut and he led her to the Lord and she became a Christian. And she got involved in Bible studies and she was sincere and she told me, she cut my hair and she told me about that testimony about how she became a Christian. Well, I met Kim and Kim out of the four children, he had cerebral palsy. So he had the intellect, he had the ability, but his motor function wasn't there, okay? And so his body just didn't cooperate when he walked and moved and and when he talked. And so, uh, but he, man, he was a great Christian guy. And sometimes he would fall down on those sidewalks at the college going from class to class. He'd always get up laughing and smiling he just keep going. I mean, nothing got this guy down. And I was so impressed with him because you talk about somebody who loved Jesus. Man, he was walking with Jesus. Jesus was right there with him every day. And we got to be buddies. We were in a class together, and he had to make an oral report in class, and nobody could understand what he said. I could understand him because I knew him. And we were friends. And so I was his translator. And I stood up there with him. And he would say what he was going to say. And then I would say what he had said. So the class could get to He had a great sense of humor. And we would just play off each other and cut up like that. And the class just fell in love with him because he's just that kind of guy. Wonderful, wonderful Christian guy. I just really loved him. And so one day a friend of mine told me this. He didn't tell me this story because he wouldn't. But a friend of mine said that one day Kim and his brother David and his father were in a pickup truck together up there in Tennessee. And they were going down a steep hill and the brakes went out in the truck. Now, his daddy and his brother were Christians, okay? And he's a Christian, obviously. And they got a little concerned. But you know what Kim was doing? Praise the Lord, we're going to see Jesus. He was so excited. He was like, if it's today, I'm ready. If it's not today, I'm ready to stay. I'll do whatever he wants me to do. He was excited. He was laughing. He was ready to go. And he wasn't just playing. He was sincere. You see, when Kim Poyas did his devotional, he didn't do it because he had to. He did it. Because he knew Jesus. He just wanted to be with him as much as he possibly could. And I got a front row seat to watch Kim us and God, and it blessed my life. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the witnesses that you bring into our lives that just make them so much better and draw us closer to you. I pray, Lord, that we would be about your business. I pray that others might see our faith in you today and every day and be blessed and drawn closer to you because of it. I pray in your son's name and all God's children said, you